Oh, and there's the digger you were talking about. Yeah. So there's the, that's the auction weir there. There's the four big gates. And that's the overspill. And that leads onto the uh, Upper Thames Motor Yacht Club, which is the back of the mill. So that's my access to it. So we welcome John Irvin, the Sonning Lockkeeper to the Sonning Podcast. Welcome, John. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me inside the house that I've walked past a million times. Not a problem. But, Not but a problem. never been inside. <laughs> and we've got a lovely cup of tea here. Thank you yeah. very much for that. And Kim is, well, she's working in the garden. The head gardener's outside, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to do this outside, but actually the water is quite noisy, isn't it? Yeah, it's a constant, even as we are now. We're fully shut in, all the gates are closed, but you always get what's known as cresting, which is the water going over the top of the gates. That's the noise you're hearing. Is the noise all pervasive? I mean, you, obviously the noise goes on all night. Does, yeah. that, does that keep you awake or anything? You just don't hear it. You get used to it. Yeah. And to be perfectly honest, where we lived in Walkingham was quite near to a busy road. So if you like to swap the sound of running water to the sound of car engines going from third to fourth gear... Um, I think I prefer here. <laughs> I know which I prefer. That that's for sure. Now, when did you when did you take over from Keith as the the lock keeper here at Sonning? Um, Keith retired April two thousand nineteen. Uh, it wasn't long after that I was actually given the position as resident keeper, but I wasn't in residence because they wanted to do a like a refurb job on the house, which they've done very nicely. Yeah. Uh, so we officially moved in on the fourth of January this year, two thousand twenty. And what were you doing before you came to Sonning? Uh, what with working for the agency, or or wherever you know, um, what, 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 what went on before that in your, before in your that, life, I, in your working life? Um, when I came down to Berkshire, I joined the fire service. Uh, I did I did thirty years in Royal Berkshire. Started off at Windsor, went to Slough, into Reading, um, bounced off around on the promotion trail, and did my last nine years at Station Two, which is Walkenham Road right. uh, on the on the Tons Crossroads there. So I was on Blue Watch. That's that is fantastic. We admire you for that, but we also admire you for the job you're doing here at the lock. So, what, how did the transition to to the waterways come about? Uh, I, when I retired from the fire service, I was 53 year old. Um, my son was still at university in London. Um, I felt I was too young to to actually stop. 53? Yeah, <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> and uh, obviously, need to finance a son who's at Goldsmiths yeah. University. Um, and we were walking past the lock. And just before I retired, and Kim said, well, what do you fancy doing that? And my exact words were, what are the chances? Went to the, the Copper Club, Kim went online, looked at the Environment Agency website, and they were advertising for two relief lockkeepers. Filled the application for me and got an interview, and the coincidence continues because the interview date was the day I retired, the 20th of September. No. Yeah, 20th of September. And... That's all right. Yeah, work, yeah. Yeah, fine. I said to John, take the phone call because it was obviously something quite important. And it was. It was some kind of check they were going to do. And then he told me what it was. They want to do a final check so that they'll open up to do assisted passage. Oh, right. So, well, what, now, now, what does that mean, assisted passage? Uh, we help people through the lock. Right. At the moment, it's on self-service. Right. So we're just, because of the COVID thing and the... the um, it wasn't set up for safety, oh, for right. distancing and people coming over and 
you know, the virus spread. I know it calmed down a little bit, but we right. want to keep it that way. Uh, but they've just put the final barriers in for me. The barriers you came through, yeah. the wooden gate, the, yeah, the additions, yeah. and the uh, the Harris fencing, which is round by the access to the toilet area. Right. It's all been put in today. He's going to come and check it. He's the union guy. Once he signs it off, he goes to the bosses say, yeah, everybody's happy. It's safe, yeah. Start again tomorrow. Because so. I've often wondered that. Sometimes when you walk past the lock... You see self-service on there, forgetting the, the COVID thing, even, yeah. even when that wasn't around. That's out of hours when, obviously, they keep it works between nine and six at the moment. Yeah, um, can't once, work 24. Exactly, although you know, we do get called out at times. Uh, so when the keeper's not there to assist the passage, it's on self-service and the system is less sensitive. So they can't fully open the sluices. It's on a timed uh, opening ever over two or three minutes. Oh, because, yeah. Because if you open the sluice, that, I could fill that lock in about 30 seconds. Wow. And it's a lot of water going in. Yeah. It's, it is quite violent in there. Yeah. So, um, for safety's sake, they don't allow the public to do that. Right, of so course. Because I would wonder, you know, you, when you're doing it, uh, or one of your assistants mm. is doing it, you know, it's it's a complicated matter, isn't it? And then you, some Joe, like me, comes along. I wouldn't let me loose on the controls. Well, that's it, because you've got, it's not just letting the water in, you've got to watch the boards because they're going up or down, or the lines being manned properly, or they're being laid, pit laid out, or taken in as the water rises or falls. Um are there any issues of somebody falling in? I had yeah. somebody fall in last Thursday night. No. Yeah, nine o'clock at night, I was out um, letting him wander. This is Luca, the dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, and two boats came in, and the second boat came in, somebody upended in the water. So you end up getting, you can't just ignore it, you get involved with it. Um, of course. So. I mean, I think that must be incredibly dangerous. If the prop's turning, yeah. Absolutely. That was my worry, because she fell in the back end. She fell in the back of the boat. Uh, after pushing the boat's stern across the opposite side of the lock where the bow was, the guy on the uh, the helm hadn't seen it at that time. So he, his reaction would be to bring the stern round, not yeah. realising his wife was in the water. Cracking. So luckily I got to him and told him to kill the engine. Yeah. Um, and it was dealt with. So and was that with the water down or the water up? It was water down, so they were going upstream. Right. So they came through the, obviously come through the bridge, under yeah. the bridge, and were coming up. But she was a bit shaken with that. Uh, she was, yeah. She was a bit embarrassed as well. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, it can't, can't be helped. You can fall off sometimes, can't yeah, you? Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's what happens when you miss boat, mix boating with alcohol, unfortunately. <laughs> when I saw you last week, in beautiful weather, mm. not quite the same today, there were a bunch of lads on lilos with a beer here and there, and you were yeah. saying it, it's so dangerous, isn't it? It is, yeah. People, the, people underestimate... Um, the dangers a river or the sea could, you know, can, can hold. The temperature doesn't change that much between summer and winter. And the big problem is cold water shock. If somebody jumps in, your first reaction, if it's cold, <gasps> yeah. it happens to everybody. But if your head's underwater, it's not oxygen or air that goes into your lungs, it's water. Yeah. That's where the problems start. You know, there's been quite a few fatalities in the past week. Um, in the Berkshire area, not necessarily in the Thames. Obviously, the, unfortunately, the two guys at Cookham. Um, but I've been talking to some friends, ex-colleagues from Water Rescue, and they've been been very busy, should we say. Yeah. And there's I mean, a big campaign going on at the moment, water safety. Oh, I think there should be, because people get a bit crazy. And, and then they were jumping off the bridge last week, yeah, weren't they? you don't know what's beneath the water. You don't know what's underneath. You can't see what's underneath. You know, there could be 
old shopping trolleys are the classic broken bottles if you hit the if you hit the river bed the mud so you can go down in the mud and not be able to get out of it oh, you know that's happened before on the jubilee relief um and you don't know what old river workings have been swallowed up by water as the river moves across left and right in the banks. You don't see these things, do you? But in no. parts, the river looks fantastically yeah. clean and clear, doesn't it? it? It's been really clear since lockdown. It, I must admit, it, uh, the river has been crystal uh, because there's been no traffic. There's been nothing churning, and the weather's helped as well. Of course, yeah. of course. Because, yeah, it's been very quiet during the lockdown, yeah. but it sort of picked up again a couple of weeks it, ago, didn't it? It's picked up again um, because it went from non-essential travel wasn't allowed so it was essential travel only which was for liverboards for example going to get water or or pump out sewage and that was hand wind only that was self-service hand wind that was to deter people doing pleasure trips yeah yeah it then went to self-service on on power but you're only supposed to be out for the day and i think as of the fourth as of the fourth same as the the caravans and the campsites are opening up they're allowing boats to go out and people to stay overnight away from the moorings you must see all sorts of craft we talked about the lads on lilos mm. but you see all sorts of craft the, the river queen hasn't been down for ages no, i haven't seen no no she's she hasn't been down there's um oh lady lucy not lady lucy um there's a boat which is was restored o- over a few years ago oh uh, the one that went across to the d-day landings no, no, La- oh. La- Lady Charlotte. Lady Charlotte, she was um, rescued. She was lifted out the river and two guys. She, it's, the book's called Three Men in a Boat. Right. Um, I was fortunate enough to be given a copy of it, which I've loaned to my father at the moment because he's, right. he's, he's, he's interested. But you, you also get the uh, get the little ships coming down. You, you've got La Ronge, which is moored upstream. That belonged to Raymond Baxter. Oh, yes. And he was the guy who formed the Little Ship Society. That's right. But as his one time, long before I, I was here, and possibly when Keith was here, Larange came into the lock and lost her propeller. Oh. She was all sorted out, but when they restored the lock and put the new gates on, they found the propeller at <laughs> the bottom of the lock <laughs> and gave it back to him. Oh. And in the office, in a plastic envelope, I've got a, a signed letter saying thank you. Um, from Raymond Baxter. Raymond Baxter. Yeah, yeah. Well, we all remember tomorrow as well, That's don't right, we? Yeah. Well, perhaps not all of us, but... Yes, yeah. <laughs> some of us remember tomorrow some of us don't. Well. Yeah. So, a whole variety. What do you get the most of through the lock there? Presumably pleasure boats? Pleasure crafts, yeah. A lot of the pleasure crafts. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people are very keen on boating. You know, basically, it's just a floating caravan, isn't it? So, you, people buy these things and they get out on them. Uh, we've got a lot of hire boats. We've got the, the Cavisham boat hire place. Um, uh, there's Le Boat as well, which is a Benson way, I believe. And yeah. you've got My River Cruising as well, so you get a lot of a lot of uh, holiday boats coming through as well. And they, uh, keep, they keep us entertained. Um, but, well, I was going <laughs> to say that would be the next thing. I mean, it must be a scream looking at some people trying to do a lock. It, it, yeah, they, they, they come in, and obviously the guys from Cavisham, this is our first lock. You know, so you've got to be you've got to be patient with them, and um, yeah, just be patient with them. Yeah. And try and hold your laugh in at times. <laughs> How how wrong could they get it? Um, same situations we had spoke about earlier on. If somebody goes in and they react in, wrongly, yeah. the propeller is a horrible thing. Yeah, you know it can cause some serious injury. If they drop a line and get a line on the propeller, oh dear! Um, if the lock's going down, if they're going downstream and they don't pay the lines out, the board gets hung up. That's an issue. These are all things we've got to look for. It's not yeah. just a case of pushing buttons and 
you know, the ups and downs of a lock keeper. It's, it's watching for everything else that's going on around it. Yeah, yeah. I saw um, a really big, heavy piece of kit going through the lock a couple of weeks ago, and I guessed it was to sort out that tree that's down further up near, just beyond the... Had a big grub. Yeah. Yeah, to, yeah. it's behind here at the moment. Um, yeah, that was going up to, to sort that tree out. They don't seem to have sorted it out. No, because they blew a hydraulic hose on the on the grab. So oh. that's been repaired now. So it's got to be rescheduled to, to go. They've got to tie up with the, the tree surgeons ah. to lift and cut and, and get it out. I thought there had to be some sort of reason why they haven't quite yeah. finished the job there. So that, that's, that's, that's on the cards. What happened with that tree? Do you, was it just the wind? Do you know what happened? It was it was picked up on a, a tree inspection by a member of the environment agency, um, and effectively it had a split right up the middle of the, the trunk. On the land side, so right. as you walk past it, you didn't see it. Right. But this guy went around the back, and there was a big split. He reported it. Uh, it's Walkham District Council's land, so it went to um, their girl. She came down straight away. She closed the path off. Because it was dangerous, about yeah. five and a half ton oak tree. Oh, crikey, yeah. We couldn't stop people walking past it. They were walking through the barriers. Oh, somebody it. even turned the no entry sign. I yeah. noticed. I turned it back again, yeah, just yeah. so you know. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was you know, it's not going to happen to me syndrome, unfortunately. It came down of its own accord. It came down luckily at 2.30 in the morning because one of the guys who was moored further upstream said he actually felt the the waves from it when it hit the ground hit the water on the ground and after that it was just a case of clearing the path uh, and then clearing the the navigation channel when they can you know when they when they get the the uh, the lift barge thrown yeah, out yeah so that must have been very scary it would have been scary if anybody had been around fortunately there's nobody there so it's, yeah you know, but People were ignoring the, yeah. the path close signs. Yeah, silly. Now, I often walk the dog or have a bike ride over the other side of the, the lock here. Um, but So I never really see what's behind your house. What, so there are, there's lots of noise coming from there, lots of water noise. Yeah. What, what actually is there? So that's the mill stream. That's right. the stream that would have gone, that still goes to the mill, but obviously would have driven the mill when the mill was an operational mill. Right. Um, I have... But is there a drop in the level there? There's three ways, yeah. Right. Yeah, there's three ways. I have the, on the far side of the river, there's the Oxen Way. There's four gates on that. Just outside the house here, we have called what's called the House Way, believe it or not. Right, yeah. Um, that's two gates. And then over on the island, onto Mill House, the back of Mill House, we have uh, two gates there as well. That's called the Summer House Way, because that's near to the Summer House on Mill Island. And are they locks when you say gates? No, the weirs. The weirs. weirs. The weirs for opening and closing to regulate the level of water at the upper reach. Right. So uh, boats can't go through that way at all? No, no. no. But not intentionally. (laughs) (laughs) You're in a boat, you're coming through the lock. Yeah, you've got to come through the lock. That's why the lock's there, because obviously there's no navigation around. Of course, or through the weirs. That's, that's, that's the yeah. reason the lock so is that's, in place. That's, yeah. It doesn't lead off anywhere else no. that we don't no. see. It goes through, obviously, the, the water runs through underneath the mill, yeah. which yeah. turns the water wheel. Of course. And then there's also what's called an overspill as well, which is like a natural weir, which leads to the uh, the oxen weir, the four big gates. Right, right. You see, we don't see that bit. No. That's interesting no. to hear about that. And that's the main part of the job. So it's not a lock keeper, it's a lock and weir keeper is my full title. And the most important part of the job is regulating the flow of water to stop flooding 
or stop the, 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 the reach running out. So there must be a way of you knowing how to regulate the water, or is it, oh, it's a bit high, it's a bit low, or is there some sort we of... Have a, we, we have a, an old-fashioned gauge at the head gate, um, which was set to zero when the lock was built, and then you have a preference of where you like to run or what level you like to run your, your, your reach. So for me, it's between four and six inches above above zero. Zero is head water, so I like to be four or six above head. Um, then if anybody does any weir work above me, we have to do an equivalent. So for argument's sake, Maple Durham pull three or four feet. He phones down to Caversham, to Tanya, and she will do what she feels necessary to keep her level steady. Once she's done that, she rings me up and lets me, do, lets me know what Maple Durham has done and what she's done, and then I do my equivalent. It's like the dominoes being knocked down. Sure, sure. And it goes down, you, you send it right down. So after I've done my move, I will ring Andy at Shiplake. He will do his move, if necessary, and then he'll phone it down to Paul at Marsh. That, that's fascinating. I didn't realise yeah, that anything yeah, like that happens. Yeah. So when you hear people saying, oh, we can automate the weirs and we don't need the lock keepers, it's not so much about opening and closing the gate. It's known how much or how much not to yeah. open and close the gate to maintain your level on your reach above your lock. And, of course, if you an action by Tanya or by you mm. has a knock-on effect, presumably, absolutely. down the river. Yeah, absolutely. Let's have a look at that gauge. What, uh, what's that, John, there? To explain that to me. Gauge. And it's, so we're six inches above headwater uh, because obviously the next large bar down there is zero. That is headwater. And that's a, comfortable, that's a comfortable level for me. But if you think about it, at Christmas time it was 23. 23 above zero. <laughs> and I'm comfortable between four and six. Uh, it was flooding up the top there, obviously flooding down the bottom. Had all the gates open. And somebody estimated that the uh, the oxen weir, which is the four big gates, was 80 tonne of water a second going through there. 80 cubic a second. That's a staggering amount. It is unbelievable, unbelievable. What's the lowest it gets? We don't want it to go below zero, really, right. to be fair. Um, and I haven't been here when it's it's gone down to anything, anything below that. Uh, must be a fair old drought if that happens because you know we haven't had a lot of rain recently you know we had past two or three days that's what's coming down now but up until the rain we had a few days ago I was at a I think it was four four above headwater so it's gone up, gone up two inches right. Right. Yeah. Hmm. oh and there's the digger you were talking about yeah so there's the, that, that's the auction weir there there's the four big gates and that's the overspill and that leads onto the uh, Upper Thames Motor Yacht Club which is the back of the mill so that's my access to it uh, the house, summer house, sorry the house way is the one just here and are they electri or, you know, electrically operated? They've, we have a thing called a power winder which is like a, a big electric drill on steroids which we have a power point for but you can hand wind as well. So if I'm lifting the gates, I tend to use the, the power winder. But if I'm put, shutting the gates, closing them down, it's gra almost gravity fed, you just control it. So I tend to do it by, uh, by hands. But, and that's the, that's, the, that's the house we are there. 
but as I say, you can hear the water going over the top. So there's always a little bit of crest going over. And that's the view in the mornings. So when you make your coffee, that's what I see. So sunrise is... Sunrise is over that way. That way, yeah. And yeah. she sets just about here. Oh, that's, yeah, that is your perfect sunset, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's why we tend to sit on the corner there. I've never, I've never really seen around this side before. Not many people do, No, fair, not many people do. Because the only reason you come here is either invitation, I suppose, or if you've got a, a boat or something where you can come around, because it, you can still go down towards the mill, you get canoes going down, small boats going down. Now, you must see some fantastic wildlife being so close to these mm. lovely waterways. Yeah, we, what, do, what do you look out for? Well, we've got the swans. Um, we, we feed the swans at the back. Uh, we have, the kids have called them Derek and Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> and they had eight signets this year. Unfortunately, they're down to three. Ah. Um, but the swans below the lock, because they're very territorial, the swans below the lock, who used to nest on the island by the, by the lay-by, uh, last year had six which they lost to the mink the year before their eggs were washed away when the the high level came through they've maintained they had eight signets this year because they were on the island further down and they've kept eight which is great but what's happening now is there's a bit of a turf war going on so the swans who've got the eight signets have moved up through the lock into the reach above um, and they're now coming round to be fed with eight signets, and we haven't seen Derek and Dawn with the with the three signets. I think they may have been ousted, oh. uh, which is a shame, really. Um, but that's nature, you know. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. And they don't go through the lock, do they? Yeah. they do they? Yeah. Go, they will come through. I the thought lock. they'd yeah. waddle around or fly over or something no, like that. They, well, obviously the youngsters can't. No, because they're not they're, they're not fledged yet. So yeah, they bring the, bring them through. I've had the two males fighting on the on the Thames path just across the lock there uh, about a month ago. You just throw water over them; it's, it stops it. <laughs> but it's frightening because you know. The, the, well, you can get hurt with this one, can't you? The cob when he rears up, he's up to my chin. Wow! When he, if, if he rears up, and he's you know, and I'm six foot three. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, a, he's a big lad. Yeah. He shouldn't mess with you, but you you don't <laughs> want to mess with him. Don't mess with him. Those wings are strong. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Now, what's your frustration your biggest frustration with the punters like me as we walk through the lock area uh i would say my number one frustration is people who don't read the no cycling signs yeah there's there's a sign on the gate there and there's a sign on the gate on the upper part of the uh the lock there and it's it's a safety thing when people are sat watching the world go by or watching the boats go by Kids are running about and you've got a cyclist coming down. It's going to happen one day. There will be an accident, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and if they're, if they're cycling carefully and watching what's going on, great. But if they're ringing the bell, trying to get people out of the way, I do shout with them. They remind them it's no cycling. That's that's my biggest one. Litter. Litter's another one. I'll have my two or three days off. I'll go on a litter pick. I'll walk from here up to the bridge and back again. And it's surprising what you find yeah you know I've, I've had an inflatable canoe i've had a washing up bowl um loads of cans of empty cans of beer yeah of course um and cigarette ends why do people throw cigarette ends away it's mm. still litter yeah, um, yeah. but that, that is a frustration isn't but it, apart that? from that you know it's, it's a lovely place to live i enjoy my job I was going to say, I mean, you're you're already very popular. Though you've not been here that long, Thank but you very you're much. very no, yeah. you're very very popular with everyone around. And how, how are you finding the village and the community and the neighbours and great. everything? It's great. It's uh, I didn't know what to expect to be fair when when we arrived, or we didn't know what to expect when we arrived. But the village has been so welcoming; they really have. Um, 
there's there's characters in the village. It's just it, it's just lovely. You know, yeah. it really is nice. You know, we when the, uh, the Thursday round of applause for the NHS and the you know the the key workers, we would go up to the high street and join in there. D Day, um, yeah, celebrations. We wandered up and did that socially distancing. Yeah, I had to come back for a few bottles of wine a couple of times, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was all part of the course. Yeah. Part of the course, but. Um, yeah, the village is great. Yeah, well, we met you at the the elegant, the last elegant that's picnic. Right, yeah, that's before we moved in. Jackie and I met yeah, you and Kim right. there, and that was that was nice. That's a that's a great event. We've missed out on quite a few events this year. Haven't we, we have. Yeah, we've missed out on the um, the scarecrow, scarecrows, the regatta, the uh, regatta. Yeah, which is which runs side by side, the uh, the arts trail. Yeah. Kim was gonna. Kim had been making. She does. She makes cards. Oh well, tell us green, about green Kim. Card. Now she's not here. Uh, Kim's from London. She's from uh, from Northolt originally. Uh, we met on holiday skiing in, in Italy. Oh, really? Um, and then she moved up the northeast to be be with be with me because financially it was cheaper. You know, we had a two bedroom flat for fifteen thousand pound up in the northeast. Gosh, <laughs> that was the mortgage. Uh, she couldn't she couldn't settle there. She's got a big, very close knit family down here. The mafia. Uh, as, <laughs> it's, that's, the, yeah, that's what I call it, a joke. Um, yeah. And she she couldn't she couldn't sell. It was 1987 when she decided she had to come back. I was trying to get the fire service. Uh, the shipyards were closing down. The pits were closing down up there. Everybody was trying to get into the steady jobs. Yeah. So the, the waiting list of the fire service up in the northeast for Tyne and Weir was four years. Gosh. I was 23. So I'd have to wait. I was 27. I got an application form. Uh, so we started right. I started applying to brigades around London, not in London. Berkshire came back to me, uh, came down, did all the physical tests, had a interim interview, went home, came down, down the following week for a final interview. Uh, and before I knew it, I think it was something like three weeks, I'd just hit the right time for recruitment. Yeah. I was down at Eastleigh, um, doing basic training, not knowing what the hell had hit me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, never been further than uh, Manchester, heading south, and find myself down there. Kim followed down after finished training, um, and she got a job at Walkingham Council. Great. Well, she still is. Well, she still is, and the yeah. decision was one of us will live where one of us works. So we bought a house in Walkingham, and yeah, we did thirty years there. Wow, 30, 32 years. You actually. don't look old enough for these time scales <laughs> you're giving. I me. had an easy paper round as a child. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, we're both. 57 this year and Kim I'm going to give her credit for this Mm. seems to be making a lovely job of the beds and the borders and the the gardens and everything the garden had gone feral to be fair we didn't know what was in it Um, I don't know a weed from a plant so she's been guiding me we've been a lot of digging out and getting rid of stuff and just seeing what comes up the surprises and yeah she's the the driving force for the gardening Um, or, or, or she's the the clever one behind the gardening. I'm, you know, I just do as I'm told and dig. <laughs> well, I've seen her working very, very hard, yeah. and you can just tell this yeah. is going to look lovely yeah. as time goes by. Yeah. It's just she's, get... she's done a marvelous job. She really has. The roses are coming up nice. The hollyhocks are good. Um, she's just re- replanted the hanging baskets, which actually belong to the bull. Oh right! Because well, when the bull closed down, yeah, they had nobody to look after them. So I, I said I would babysit them. Yeah, very good. Well, they may, they may have to go back soon. They might have to. They'll have to come and get them. Don't they? <laughs> and I don't think Jason can reach. <laughs> very, good, very good. So you're sitting here with your environment agency uh, shirt on. Mm. 
Is the Environment Agency in charge of all the waterways around here? Is that, is that, is it's that? in charge of the Thames. The Thames, The okay. Thames, yeah. Um, so, from end to end, as, as far as I understand. And is there much input from them on a you know, day-by-day basis or week-by-week? How do, you know, or do they leave you to your own devices? They, on a, on a, well, especially now with the COVID thing, yes, there's a lot of input. A lot of input going on. But as long as you're doing your job and you're not getting complaints from the, the customers, as they are. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they buy a licence, so they're a customer. There's a customer's charter to work to. Uh, you're keeping things right and all your paperwork's right and your book's balanced. They leave you to it. Yeah. And so far, I haven't been bothered. So good. I think good. I'm, I must be doing something right. You mentioned licences there. Mm-hmm. Fishing. Let's talk about fishing yep. along the Thames here. When can you fish? When can't you fish? The fishing season is, is in now. The exact dates... I couldn't call it off the top of my head. No, of course not. But there is a there is a sign down the bottom end, um, and you do need a, a rod license. You need an environment agency license to fish. Uh, I don't like people fishing on my laybys or my um, portage no. because they're meant for laybying and for porting a canoe. Yeah. But apart from that, anywhere else. I have a friend who does some fishing, mm. and he fishes the other side of the bridge on the Oxford side of the Opposite Thames. the uh, opposite French Horn. The French Horn. Mm. Uh, and a little bit further up, opposite Yuri Geller's place, yes, mostly. Yeah. Yeah. And he says he can fish there. And very strange, he's from Binfield. He is a member of the Barnet Fishing Club. <laughs> Barnet <laughs> in North London. Yeah. Fishing yeah. Club. And apparently they have some licences for uh, fishing along there. There's a fishing club as you walk down. I walk down to St. Patrick's Stream few weeks ago and there's a fishing club there it's all fenced off um that's i believe that's a london london based club yeah. as well how that works i don't know <laughs> it a, goes back doesn't it yeah, three 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 and a half years in the environment agency i'm still yeah trying to get a grasp and understand on how things work well of course these things have been there for so long that's right yeah. and and traditions continue and and undoing things yeah, if you wanted to undo them probably is difficult yeah, don't undo it? tradition no, keep, keep no. it as it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what do you see the, the, for the future of of the lock here? What have you got some plans for the future here? It was always going to be get the garden sorted. Once the main areas sorted out, then start moving up and down stream and tidying up round. Obviously, I'm doing a little bit of tidying up, but get it sorted out. I want to sort the moorings out upstream. Um, we've had some boats further up who are quite well established on environmental moorings. That's what I want to ask. Because Sorry, Ben, we'll come back to the future. But there are a few boats you see, and they tend to be long boats. Mm. You know, I don't want to be rude, but they tend to be a bit scruffy, some of them. Yeah, there's there's one particular. um, The first one, as you walk upstream, outside that looks a bit like Steptoe's Yard. (laughs) Uh, We visited them with a uh, a technical officer who's a a white shirt, epaulette-wearing member of the Environment Agency, and they were told that they need to be moved by Monday. Because what? What's the? How long can you moor somewhere? It's twenty-four hours free. Then it's five pound for the next two twenty-four hours. Then after that, it's fifty pound a night. Right. Be that to encourage people to move on because they're not permanent moorings; they're transient movement moorings, and they're there for holiday boats. They're for people who are doing a cruise, you know, on, on the on the narrow boat. They're not there as where you live they're not there as you, where you live yeah it's if you want to live on a boat find a marina to live in yeah but obviously that costs yeah 
Well, there's a, I guess there's a few people who've uh, perhaps um, skirted the uh, the license a little bit there and been there a bit longer than expected. Yes. Well, the the, the problem came at Christmas when we had the high floods on red boards because the recommendation is not to navigate. Now you said on red boards. What does that mean? Red boards is when you have a high flow. Right. So when it gets above a certain amount of uh, weir gate open, with me it is, I think red board is something like twenty three feet without referring to my to my notes yeah um so that obviously the river's flowing very fast recommendation is not to navigate because it's dangerous christmas time we had red boards and that went on for three months so you can't say to people you've got to move when the recommendation is you don't navigate yeah as soon as red boards came off and covid kicked in lockdown so they've had an extra six months there so i was saying to the guys we are going to ask you to move on once things have settled down, and that has started. So we're hoping by Monday they're going to be moved. If not, it's got to go official. I hope they're, they're nice about it. They're nice guys. They're nice. There's, there's, there's nobody. There's nobody aggressive. They're, yeah. they're, they're just. They just want to live a life alternatively. Um, they don't seem to cross over to this side and cause any problem. No, they don't cause any problem. Um, but at the end of the day they're on moorings which they should be paying for yeah, yeah. and they're, they're trying to softly softly approach first you mentioned how fast the river was flying around christmas mm. time and it was wasn't it it was, it was, flying. It was really flying, flying down, wasn't yeah. it? but sometimes and it's normally i reckon opposite the uh, the blue coat boathouse mm-hmm. and there's a bit of wind it looks like the river's flowing the other way yeah it's not yeah, actually it's an optical it. illusion yeah yeah it's, it's, it's oh. lovely yeah yeah but if, if the wind's blowing that way, um, but also sometimes the currents will will bring things upstream as well. Right underneath, it's going underneath the way it should be going. Wrong, yeah, but just on the That's top, you've got to be aware of. Yeah. yeah. So um, the future for here. I mean, I know people will want me to ask you, mm-hmm. and you know what I'm going to I ask, don't going to you, ask, yeah. about the the tea garden. What I mean, it was a, it was very popular for a long time. Obviously, when Keith left. Uh, you're refurbing everything here. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a future there, do you think? We certainly hope so. We certainly hope so. We were hoping it was going to happen this year. Um, it didn't. And to be fair, it's a blessing because if we'd invested a lot of money into it and not been able to, to trade, obviously that would have been dead money. What the, the plan of attack is, hopefully, is the buildings are going to be replaced. And then from there, we can look at look at starting the tea garden again. Good. But it will be next year. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kim's got a got a big, uh, background in catering initially. She's very, very keen. And it's an institution, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's part of the village. It oh, is part of the village, and it's, it needs replacing, I believe. You will get massive support when it happens. I would like to think so. Oh, you yeah. will. Well, if, you I, will. if I had a pound for every time somebody asked me the question over the month, I'll have an extra week's wages at the end of the month. <laughs> really. It's, we had a store, last, was it last year? Yeah, last year we had a couple walk down, walk to the gate, saw the sign, beckoned, beckoned me across, explained what was going on. They'd had the train, they brought the, got the train from Paddington. Paddington to Twyford, they'd walk from Twyford to Sonning purely to go to the tea garden. Wow. And they hadn't they hadn't heard it closed, which is it's quite sad to read. I, I redirected the bull. Yeah, <laughs> of course. But it probably brought back a memory for them from years ago, did it? I would have Something thought like so, that. yeah. That might have been. Well, that, that's the reason they came here. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it, it is, it's, it, well, I can see it was an institution. Well, yeah. we used, Kim and I used to come down here. Did you? Before yeah. we were even involved in the agency, even yeah. thought of working for the agency, yeah. we would come here, we'd walk the dog. Yeah, yeah. Down. 
who is just to the the side of us yeah now, lord muck yeah luca this is luca <laughs> who is what five, a labrador five five and a half year old labrador yeah um who thinks she owns the place he probably <laughs> does actually to be fair he gets gets away with blue murder He's a lovely lad. He's yeah, a lovely lad. yeah, he loves it here, as we both do. Oh yeah, you, could, you yeah. couldn't not, could you? Because no. I mean, you have got. I mean, um, yeah. Thank you very much for inviting me into your into your house. But uh, what a view you've got out of your window yeah. here. Yeah, it is just lovely. The, the view is the other way as well. Um, it's it's time, especially when you sat in the garden. It's like being sat in a goldfish bowl. Yeah, the people. Oh yeah. Across. However, I think it's a small price to pay. Um, yeah. For because all we do is we look back out towards the mill stream to the weir. Um, the sunsets here are phenomenal. Well, we get people coming and sitting on the benches for the sunsets. Yeah. Uh, and just recently, with obviously with lockdown, people come and bring a bottle of wine. Yeah, oh, nice. <laughs> nice. And they take the empty bottle away with them, thankfully. Thank, thank goodness <laughs> for that. Well, John, thank you very much for, for talking to us on the uh, no on problem. the podcast. It's no uh, it's great to hear about the lock. And this, uh, you told me so much that I just didn't know <laughs> in the last few minutes alone. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's not just pushing buttons. <laughs> Do you have any contact with next door, um, Mr. Clooney? I've seen him a couple of times. Yeah, um, he. When I got the job, the day before my interview, um, Keith introduced me to his wife, Amel, who had the had the two two kids with her. Oh right. And she, said, oh, are you the new lockkeeper? I said no, but I had my interview the following day, and she said, oh, well, let us know how you get on. Uh, so I let the security guard know, and whether he came down with that reason to see me or whatever, but they came down and said hello and. Um, kind of introduced himself, really. Not that I didn't know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> I heard they're very nice, though. They yeah, very, very, nice. very nice couple. Very, yeah. very nice couple. They're very down to earth. Thanks to John Irvin, the lockkeeper at Sonic Lock, and thanks to you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you'd like to hear the next Sonic Buzzcast.